reading this morning in Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 3, called Krishna is the Source of All Incarnations. This is text number 44, the last, uh, the last text in this chapter. And uh, it's a, this is a Bhagavatam class about Bhagavatam class. We're giving a meta, a meta class today. <laughs> so, here it is, text number 44. attention, and thus, by his mercy, I learned the Bhagavatam from that great and powerful sage. Now I shall try to make you hear the very same thing as I learned it from him and as I have realized it. One can certainly see directly the presence of Lord Sri Krishna in the pages of Bhagavatam, if one has heard it from a self-realized great soul like Shukadeva Goswami. One cannot, however, learn Bhagavatam from a bogus, hired reciter whose aim of life is to earn some money out of such recitation and employ the earning in sex indulgence. No one can learn Srimad Bhagavatam who is associated with people, with persons engaged in sex life. 
that is the secret of learning Bhagavatam. Nor can one learn Bhagavatam from one who interprets the text by his mundane scholarship. One has to learn Bhagavatam from the representative of Shukadeva Goswami and no one else. If one at all wants to see Lord Krishna directly in the pages. I lost my place. That is the process, and there is no alternative. Sutta Goswami is a bona fide representative of Shukadeva Goswami because he wants to present the message which he received from the great learned Ramana. Shukadeva Goswami presented Bhagavatam as he heard it from his great father, and so also Sutta Goswami is presenting Bhagavatam as he had heard it from Shukadeva Goswami. <coughs> Simple hearing is not all. One must realize the text with proper attention. The word Navishta means that Sutta Goswami drank the juice Bhagavatam through the years. That is the real process of receiving Bhagavatam. One should hear with rapt attention from the real person and then he can at once realize the presence of Lord Krishna in every age. The secret of knowing Bhagavatam is mentioned here. No one can give rapt attention who is not pure in mind. No one can be pure in mind who is not pure in action. No one can be pure in action who is not pure in eating, sleeping, fearing, and mating. But somehow or other, if someone hears with rapt attention from the right person, at the very beginning, one can assuredly see Lord Sri Krishna in person in the pages of Bhagavatam. Ma Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Shimati Bhakti Vidamana Swamini Kinamane Namaste Sarasattere Gauravani Pacharini Nirvishesha Sunyavali Paschachare Sitarane Omangyaran Timaranda Shadaranjana Shadaranjana O learned Brahmanas, when Shukadeva Goswami recited Bhagavatam there in the presence of Emperor Purushan, I heard him with rapt attention and thus by his mercy I learned the Bhagavatam from that great and powerful sage. Now I shall try to make you hear the very same thing as I learned it from him and as I have realized it. So in this purport, Prabhupada is giving us very, very valuable instructions uh, about Sriman Bhagavatam. Uh, I first read this when I when I uh, uh, moved into the temple. In those days, the Bhagavatams were only available 
first canto is only available in the temple for the books that Prabhupada had himself brought at Bhagavatam, so I read it in those original ones. And uh, at that time I was taking some university courses, I was just still in graduate school in religious studies. And uh, I actually wrote a paper basically on this purport. But it's very, very interesting. Uh, here, here is Bhagavatam, uh, speaker and a hearer. Although one thing you should notice here that he, the, 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 this Prabhupada is talking about an oral recitation. Uh, Sutta is talking to the sages of Nandasurvaya Forest. Sukadeva Swami was talking to Maharaj Krikshit. The sages gathered there. Presumably nobody had any books. No one was taking any notes. Or had their iPhone recording. You know, they were all listening. It was all talking and listening. But you notice how Prabhupada talks about one can certainly see directly the presence of Lord Sri Krishna in the pages of Bhagavatam. Now suddenly there's a book. <laughs> the pages of Bhagavatam. It's a, it's a, a, a kind of interesting how Prabhupada suddenly makes that switch and you realize he's talking about this book that we're holding in our hands. Prabhupada is the speaker and we are the hearers. And now what, what, what this purport gives is the conditions under which Bhagavatam can actually take place. It has to be enacted. And when I read this, I, I was reminded something that I had cell phones off. <laughs> I was reminded of something that I was, I was learned, had just learned in a course, uh, which is analogous to this. Uh, there it was a, a Oxford professor of linguistics named uh, J.L. Austin who was famous for uh, some linguistic analysis. Uh, he was talking about the function of language does all kinds of things. And he was talking, he talked about something what he called performative utterances. Uh, awkward, stupid name, he said so himself. Uh, and this is analogous uh, to the Bhagavatam because uh, a performance of utterance is something like this. I now pronounce you man and wife. Or I sentence you to 10 years in jail. Or I bid $10,000. See, it's not just making a statement. It does something. So, for example, let's take, uh, let's take I sentence you to 10 years in jail. Now there's a sentence, and you could say it, and if I walk up to somebody in the street and say, I sentence you to 10 years in jail, what happens? <laughs> Nothing. What's going on? It's, it's just words. But if the speaker is authorized, that is to say a judge in the court <laughs> uh, of the state, duly appointed, and the hearer is authorized, someone who has been... <laughs> been convicted of a crime by due process of law, and the judge says it, then he goes to jail for 10 years. He said, there's potency. You see, so it reminded the speaker is authorized, the hearer is authorized, and something happens. So this is similar to Bhagavatam. It's not just mundane literature. 
This text is read in universities. It's read by scholars. It's read by students. They study it very carefully. They know Sanskrit better than most of us. But Bhagavatam does not happen. It does not take place. So we've also been meeting here with the uh, ILS, the ISKCON Leadership Sangha, and our interest is what is ISKCON and what is it for. So here's one thing. ISKCON is what Prabhupada had to do to make Bhagavatam happen. It wasn't enough that he brought the books. He also had to create the authorized hearers. Then, with Prabhupada as the authorized speaker and people in Islam as the authorized hearers, then Bhagavatam can happen. It can take place. So I want you to notice in this purport, what does it mean for Bhagavatam to happen? He says it several times. One can certainly see directly the presence of Lord Sri Krishna in the pages of Bhagavatam. And again, a little later on, one that all wants to see Lord Sri Krishna in the pages. And again, he can at once realize the presence of Lord Krishna in every page. And again, see Lord Krishna in person in the pages of Bhagavatam. That's one, two, three, four repetitions in a very short paragraph. Seeing the pages of Krishna. Seeing Krishna in the pages. Uh, why does that happen? Well, it's a simple. Krishna and Krishna's name are the same. Abhinathala, Nama Nama. That applies to the Hare Krishna mantra, where Krishna and Krishna's name are the same. And the same principle applies to Bhagavatam. Krishna and Krishna's narration are the same. You can take a name of Krishna, it's very short, but you can make the names longer and longer. Uh, uh, and, and sometimes Yamuna That's a name of Krishna. It's, it's, a, it's a description of Krishna, but it's a name. He who uh, uh, wanders in the bushes, the groves, on the bank of the Jamuna. Somebody could be named Yamuna Tiruvanachari Das. You do that. And you can make even longer names in Sanskrit. And in a sense, the Bhagavatam is one big name. It's a law, big name of Krishna. Krishna and Krishna's name are the same because it's spiritual literature. And so if we actually understand the meaning, then we'll see Krishna directly. One time in, a, 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 in the Philadelphia temple, I was giving a, a Sunday peace lecture. And uh, some graduate students from the university had come with a professor. Uh, they knew I was also, you know, had been an academic student of religion. And they heard me nar narrating some of the stories from our literature. And then uh, uh, some of them met with me up in the office. And they said to me, and you don't take this literally, do you? <laughs> of course you don't take this literally. Here, you know, because look, look what we say about God. You know, in he, he, two hands, he plays a flute. You have know, a peacock that are very concrete, specific. Thomas Aquinas said the more ab abstract words are, the more properly they refer to God. Can you imagine? You know? 
That's how you get close to being a Maya body. We don't have abstract where we have a kick, kick a flute, not a trombone, not a, you know, a flute. It's a peacock feather, not a pheasant feather, not a, you know, we have a very, very concrete description. So, of course, we don't mean it literally, it must be symbolic or something like that. So I had to explain to him, well, I, I said like this, yes, I think it literally, but we may not know what the literal meaning is. Because the real meaning of, where does language come from? Language comes from Krishna. Everything comes from Krishna. So language comes from Krishna. So the real meaning of the language is what they mean in relationship to Krishna. That's the literal. If Krishna is blue, he's dark blue. If Krishna is dark blue, and so, yeah, okay, that I have seen dark blue, so I, I can use the word. But his dark blue is a transcendental dark blue. What is that? I only can see the blue around here. But that's the original blue, and what you have down here is some kind of cheap schlock copy. Pirated. Sort of like them. So that's the literal meaning of words when they apply to Krishna. And we cannot perceive this the literal meaning right now because Atasi Krishna Namadi Navade Indriya. They 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 are our senses which are now materially contaminated cannot perceive not Krishna's name, Namadi, name, form, quality, test. We cannot. And so far, you know, that Mayavadi philosophers, everybody would agree that you can't see. You go with your material senses into transcendence, and you can't see. You draw a blank. And then you think that your ignorance is reality, that, yeah, there's nothing there. I can see nothing, so then I think, yeah, there's nothing there. But there's another verse, when those senses, Sevan Mukhe, when we are with those senses dedicated to service of Krishna, engage them, then they become enabled. We are spiritually disabled, and now we become enabled. So in order for Bhagavatam to happen, we have to become enabled to be able to hear. And so here Prabhupada is giving how it is. Well, first of all, the speaker has to be uh, uh, proper. But Prabhupada is concerned, he's, he's concerned with talking about the hearers because the, speak, the authorized speaker is one who had been a proper hearer before. So he's concerned with that. So first of all, once he makes this, you can see directly Krishna in the pages of Bhagavatam. Uh, from whom the self-realized soul? What is, and what is, you cannot learn Bhagavatam from the bogus hired reciters. These are the professional reciters of Srimad Bhagavatam. Professional means, in the West, professional means, yeah, it's really well done. But for Prabhupada, it means they do it for the money. Only, you know? uh, and they are well done. I, I've seen them. I, I've sat around and listened to these people. The audience is in tears 
because they're really good actors. They know how to do it. And they tell a story. But they take the money and they use it for what he says here, sex indulgence. Maybe just mean they're mundane householders. <laughs> but anyway, that's their idea. But they're talented. They are really talented. I remember one of our very first festivals here, they got a professional kirtan group to come because I didn't really know how to play the drums and they sing very well and they put them on our stage and I was so upset. He would rather have our people with our bumpy thump, 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 drum playing or whatever else and not being able to carry a tune and not knowing so many melodies. He'd rather have us than these experts because they were professional. So that's one thing. And again, after saying, no one can learn Bhagavatam, Srimad uh, Bhagavatam, with a person engaged in sex life. Now, Prabhupada will explain this later on, how this has to happen. And then he said, Prabhupada uses another word that shows up several times in the purport, the secrets. If he knows a secret, it's confidential. Everybody will not be able to appreciate it. Now this is important because we should understand what Islam is for is to make us able to give us the keys to the secret, to empower us to be able to hear Bhagavatam properly. So you, this says here, you know, you, uh, one has to learn, first of all, Bhagavatam from the representative of Shukadeva Goswami, that is someone who is a proper hearer. Shukadev, we're talking about Sutta, is the representative. He heard it properly, and now he tells how he heard it with his rapt attention. Uh, he was able to, to give it that focus. Uh, if one uh, uh, at all wants to see Lord Sri Krishna in the pages, that is the process. That is the process. And there is no alternative. So he says that they heard it, they, they speak it as they have heard it, and then he says, simple hearing is not all. One must realize the text with proper attention. This is in the, in the text here, this, this phrase, Yadadi kam Yadadi probably the word for it, as far as my, as I have realized, as I have made it an object of my meditation and yatamati uh, as I concentrated on it. Remember, Prabhupada uses the term realized knowledge to mean experience. It also is the way he translates vijnana. Vijnana means book knowledge, but vijnana knowledge is direct perception. Realized knowledge. One must realize the text with proper attention. And then he takes the word Nivishta, being concentrated on, being really there, or present. Not when we chant Japa, you have to be present, be fully there, and not your mind going anywhere else, and concentrating. Uh, so the same way with, with Bhagavatam, hearing in a class, or taking the book up and, and reading it. 
uh, the word Navishta. You say he drank the juice of Bhagavatam through his ears, like you're super thirsty and you're really eager to get some juice, and like that, and that eagerness, the taste. That is the real process of receiving Bhagavatam. He emphasizes that the real process of receiving Bhagavatam. Now it's a gift. We have to take it. And we have to receive it the right way. One should hear with rapt attention from the real person. And then he can at once realize the presence of Lord Krishna in every page. Then again, the secret of knowing Bhagavatam is mentioned here. So now, how do we get that rapt attention? How are we able to get that, that degree of attention? This is the age of inattention. Uh, attention deficit disorder, right? This is the age of distraction. Uh, the English poet T.S. Eliot, uh, one of his famous poems, he very religious for me as he got, got older. He described the modern world as, this is his line, distracted from distraction by distraction. <laughs> so that's, that's the motto. It should be on every building. Distracted from distraction by distraction. We are distracted. So it is hard for us. This is hard for us. It's the age of distraction. We've got so many devices to distract us. The big thing, you know, the mortality rate, people driving their cars with their cell phones, their iPhones on, texting. So, distraction from distraction. Uh, so, this is hard for us. We, we are in the age of inattention. So, how to give rapt attention? So, he says, no one can give rapt attention who is not pure in mind. That's the first thing. Now, actually, if you really want to pay attention, the mind has to be in the mode of goodness. In the mode of ignorance, you don't know what's happening. Whatever you see, you see it wrong. The mode of passion, you're, you're narrowly focused on the objects of sense gratification, and you can go from here to here to here to here. But the mode of goodness, you are detached and alert. We don't see the mode of goodness anymore. There's a, people should be cultivating the mode of goodness. No one knows what it is. Prabhupada said, formally, he said, he said, the standard of advancement nowadays is the mode of passion. Narrowly fixed, narrowly excited consciousness fixed on the objects of desire. And that's the standard of advancement, is the mode of passion. Economic development. What do they get together to talk about economic development? He said, formally, the standard of advancement was the mode of goodness. Just that much. That's not even transcendental, but that's just getting to where you can begin to become transcendental. We are not sure. And of course, all the intoxicants, everything else, it's just the mode of, the mode of passion leads to misery, and then to take care of the misery, alcohol, drugs, whatever else, to deal with it. And, and it's going in that direction. So it makes it hard to do Bhagavatam. You have to get cured of so many things. No one can give rapt attention who is not pure in mind. This is a fact of life. That purity of mind has to be there. 
How can we be in pure, purity? No one can be pure in mind who is not pure in action. So our behavior has to be pure. Our activities have to be pure. What is pure in action? He says pure, pure in eating, sleeping, hearing, and mating. Or hearing is defending. In other words, even the basic animal, biological activities of life, we have to learn how to do in a pure way. We have to eat in a pure way. We have to sleep in a pure way. We have to mate in a pure way. We can mate. Species can go on. But Prabhupada has given instructions about how that is to be done. And defend in a pure way. In other words, so that's our Hare Krishna movement, really. The regular principles of Krishna consciousness, the culture of Krishna consciousness, is to make us able to hear Bhagavatam. So when Prabhupada dropped those books, he brought the method of training people. That's why he had this, to make this society so that Bhagavatam could actually uh, take place. And then he assures us at the end, one can see Lord Krishna in person in the pages of Bhagavatam. Interesting, this is the last verse in the chapter, but in the next verse, chapter 4, text 1, Prabhupada somewhat continues purport. Uh, he brings it again about this idea of realization. Uh, in the next verse, on hearing Sutta Goswami speak thus, Shomata Muni, who is the elderly learned leader of all the Rishis engaged in that prolonged sacrificial ceremony, congratulated Sutta Goswami by addressing him as follows. That's the next verse. And Prabhupada says in his purport, he stood up to congratulate Sri Sutta Goswami when he expressed his desire to present Srimad Bhagavatam exactly as he has heard it from Shukadeva Goswami and also realized it personally. By the way, this idea that you can present that there's a parampara and the message is coming down to the generations exactly. Not a single mundane scholar ever believes that is even possible. Everyone interprets everything. They really believe this. But here Prabhupada is saying, here's how it happens. If you become, if you become a proper hearer, you can actually hear it and you can present it as you have heard it exactly. I mean, so many times Prabhupada says about our Parambran, it hasn't been changed. And you say that in an academic circle, <laughs> people are so naive. <laughs> but they're the ones that are idiots. <laughs> because here's the way, you know, look at this. Have you ever tried it? You know, it used to be in university. Universities were originally for clergymen, you know. Uh, uh, students used to be, at least, were supposed to be brahmacharis. This, this, this was the tradition even in Europe at one time. What's happened to the student class? So they've also, actually, this kind of tradition was also there before at one time. But we've uh, made advancement now. <laughs> So, but this is how it happens. This, this, hearing exactly as he heard it from Shukadeva Goswami, 
And but this would be interesting, and also realized it personally. Because you would say, well, you know, a tape recorder will do that job. Just exactly. But there's something else. This idea of realized knowledge. So here now, so Pablo gives us very interesting discussion of this. Personal realization does not mean that one should, out of vanity, attempt to show one's own learning by trying to surpass the previous acharya. So personal realization means there's something to it that's your own, that's actually related to you, that you could say originates from you. But it doesn't mean this business but I'm going to find something new that nobody, this is my original contribution. When, when it, again, in academics, you know, when you write a doctoral dissertation, you have to show how you're making an original contribution. I mean, the, the, in, in principle, there's just one truth, right? At least you to think like that, there's one truth. But then everybody has to say something new. I mean, if you just agree with somebody else completely, you don't have a career. You have to come up with some novel thing. That's, that's the thing. So, but this is not the idea that I'm going to find something, I'm going to uh, show one's own and demonstrate my cleverness and my, by coming up with something nobody, no previous Acharya has ever seen before. This is my contribution. He must have full confidence in the previous Acharya. And at the same time, he must realize the subject matter so nicely that he can present the matter for the particular circumstances in a suitable manner. In other words, you've got it, you've made it your own, you come back out with it again, it will be inflected with your own uh, personal feelings or something like that. How to say it? will be yours. Just look at Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur's way of speaking and look at Srila Prabhupada's way of speaking. Now, I had something, you know, a, a, a transcript of Bhakti Siddhanta notes of, of his lectures, his writings. Really hard to, to read. You know, this incredible vocabulary. And I, you know, sat down and went through it again and again and again and finally understood what he was saying and realized I had already known it, Prabhupada had told us already. What a, what a difference, what a difference in style. And I could see why Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Kapoor talked that way because you really had to pay attention in order to get what he was saying. But Prabhupada so you can see the difference in manner and vocabulary and way of speaking, and yet the same thing is being transmitted. Exactly. Precisely. So that's an example of realized knowledge. He must have full confidence in the previous acharya, and at the same time, he must realize the subject matter so nicely that he can present the matter for the particular circumstances in a suitable manner. The original purpose of the text must be maintained. Again, a joke in academics, you know, there is no original purpose. <laughs> the original purpose of the text must be maintained. No obscure meaning should be screwed out of it. 
Yet, it should be presented in an interesting manner for the understanding of the audience. Somehow or other, we can connect with people, they can understand you, they can uh, see what's happening, and they grab their attention. This is called realization. It's the same, but it's somehow it's suitable to the time, place, and circumstance, preserving the integrity. How to do that? That requires realization. So here, that's how Prabhupada carries on a little bit and talks about this, uh, this realized knowledge. So we should, we should appreciate uh, that uh, what, what the information Prabhupada has given us, this is the process. Here, uh, as Prabhupada had put it very simply, uh, to take the medicine, you have to follow the directions on the bottle. And then it'll work. A bottle, as they say in England, nowadays. <laughs> we say in America, we say bottle. But they say bottle. <laughs> say bird. Just in case there are any. <laughs> so that, that's, that's how you take it. According to the directions that's given on the bottle. And here's the directions how to do this. We're doing it. So when, when scholars take the same work and they take it out of the context into their own context, it's not the Bhagavatam anymore. It's, it's just like when, when, when Ravana took Sita away from Ramchandra, what happened? Did he get Sita? Maya Sita. This is what happened to Bhagavatam. They, they, they miss it. So we should have full confidence in Srimad Bhagavatam. Those people who have their other take on it, their mundane scholars and other people, they don't know how. They've got the Maya Bhagavatam. And, and you, know, you can sit there and be... Because many, many people now, you, you, we're going to college, you're hearing their take on it, and you get really, some people get really confused about it. But it's a different, this is the process. And there is no alternative. And we can say to them, this is our process for uh, realizing the holy name, for having direct experience, Parishana Baba, direct experience of the Supreme, this is how we do it. This is how, if you want to see God face to face, you could, you can't, this is what you have to do. If you don't want to do it, okay, that's your choice. But don't say that we are doing it or we haven't realized it or we haven't understood it. This is the process. So we, we should be full confidence. If God has gone into eclipse, we're going to bring him back. But the God that's gone into eclipse is only a little partial. You know, people like a little Brahman realization, a little super soul realization. Here's the thing. Brahman, Paramatman, Bhagavan. This is Bhagavatam. This is the... the as complete as it comes on this planet, there are more pages of Bhagavatam than the heavenly planets. That's true. <laughs> but for here, this, this is the complete edition and we can completely realize it. So, uh, any questions or comments? We have a little time here. <laughs> I have to make an announcement first. This morning, it was announced, 
that today there will be a seminar on chanting in the Mayapur tourism offices. I, that, I guess this means the seminar is in the not a seminar about chanting in the office, but it's <laughs> well, I mean, you can read it two ways. This information is incorrect. This seminar will be tomorrow, Friday 17th and Saturday the 18th, so tomorrow and the next day, 4 to 6 p.m. Thank you. Any questions or comments on class? Yeah. Yeah, you can send him an amplifier, sound amplifier. Thank you for the great plan. Um, so, could you speak a little bit about, about, on the one hand, we're enjoying you know, the Yukti We should be able to use everything in Christian service. And the more pure we are, the more we can do that. Um, but it's, such a challenge to do, to use all these modern products like the computers and, and still be able to give rapt attention. I mean, we're coming from that distracted bag. Mm -hmm. So how do you, you describe the process, Prabhupada describes the process, but it's, wow, it's such a challenge to do that, uh, short of going off into the forest or, you know, please. Trial and error. The absolute truth spoken concisely is true. That's the only answer I have. Thank you. Okay. Somebody, the mic is being passed around on its own, so I've lost control of the process. Go ahead. You referred to the Sita, who was actually not the real Sita, the Bhagavatam, when it's taken out, and it becomes distorted. So I'd like you to elaborate on I, I was just thinking immediately on the, it comes now very popular to chant the Mahamantra, this Kirtan Fest, and mm -hmm. all these gatherings. Is that not similar? Yes. Yes, it is exactly the same thing. Uh, and Prabhupada has quoted that uh, milk tucks by the lips of the serpent has a poisonous effect. The poisonous effect would be probably that you would then think you can chant the Hare Krishna mantra days and sense gratification, you've done something spiritual, but it doesn't happen. It, 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 also, uh, for, for Japa and for uh, Sankirtan, Kirtan, all these things, uh, this is what's required. Uh, under some sort uh, Prabhupada had the power, you, you know when, when uh, Prabhupada came to America, he was so radical that when he took, when, you know, at the, the Mantra Rock Dance on stage, he had Allen Ginsberg lead the chanting. I mean, you talk about, uh, uh, there's a conversation with Ginsberg in Ohio where he's, Ginsberg said, Swami is very conservative, most conservative. <laughs> I mean, he was, you know, the, 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 you know, for that time, the most openly gay American celebrity that there was, and I mean, his boyfriend was on the stage with him, and, he was leaving the chanting, I mean, Prabhupada was so, he did what he, what he, but somehow, even though he led the chanting, because Prabhupada was there and Prabhupada authorized it, you know, I, that was a very special circumstance. I do, would not imitate uh, this, but we should, uh, uh, it, it should be done like that. And, and, uh, 
So that, that other kind of chanting is going around and people are attracted to it, but we should really try ourselves. The same standard for, for doesn't, you know, Prabhupada didn't care so much that we had musical, I mean, it's good to do these things, but he, you know, it, it, the, 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 the first thing is what's in this thing about the, uh, the, 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 the purity, one's own purity. And, and you listen to Prabhupada's chanting, you know, he, he has a voice, Ravikoi has a voice of a 75-year-old man, you know, it's not like smooth all the time, but, but it's potent because of his purity. Purity is the force, summed up his once. Yeah, over here? Oh, no, somebody else has a microphone. Oh, you, can, you pass it down to Vasudeva. Uh, greatly enhance our, our understanding of uh, these uh, versions and the whole principle of Bhagavad. Of course, Bhagavad is a dynamic uh, revelation. It is. It's always uh, ever uh, expanding. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so uh, it says also that with each uh, Acharya, they added their realization, making the truth even sweeter. Mm -hmm. uh, generation generation. So is that still possible? After Shiva Prabhupada, he is, he is uh, brought down the, the essence of all these perfect realizations into his books. So Prabhupada's books are poured out, perfect and complete, everything is there. Will it continue beyond Shiva Prabhupada? If it doesn't, Prabhupada will have failed. Okay. Thank you. I mean, Prabhupada is the founder of Chari, he will always be the founder of Chari, he will, in that sense, he's in a permanent supreme position. But he I mean, I was there uh, in the presence of Prabhupada, uh, where he said, uh, actually, uh, there was a, an academic guy that came to see Prabhupada, and Prabhupada, sometimes he'd write off the back, give people instructions, it's like Bhakti Siddhanta gave him instructions right away. He said to this, uh, to this uh, uh, young professor, a graduate student, he said, you see, we have, so we have these books, he said, you study these books and then you write books about these books. So I took that as, you know, I was in the audience, I took that as for me too and for all of us that you write books about these books. They all, they all always wanted us to do the same thing. We would not surpass them in any way, but also as we have realized it, uh, you know, we, we also have an audience to preach to and that we have to relate to and make a connection so there will be it should go on. Yeah. Otherwise, he will have failed. My question is, are we part of Methodist? Uh, in the Genesis, we read that uh, the world was made in seven days. Uh, Adam and Eve, uh, yeah, yeah. etc. And, they, yeah, well, and these stories of the fundamentalist reference, that these stories are important, they should be taken literally. But you also spoke about realized knowledge. One with a little more enlightenment will understand that the symbolic meaning behind the story, which is really what uh, is important. Mm -hmm. So, Shri uh, Prabhupada gave us the Krishna book with uh, stories about Krishna without going much further than that, going into the esoteric. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur gave us some symbolic meaning behind the demons, for example. Isn't it that a higher, a higher consciousness to 
give value to the meaning and to the symbolic uh, interpretation. And uh, you say the real thing is not there. Well, <laughs> I, would, I would have to know is uh, are we fundamentalists? Uh, what makes us different well, from you would fundamentalists? Have to, you would have to tell me what a fundamentalist is. Is it a term of abuse? Uh, or, or people who, I mean, it's true. I, 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 have, to, I have to say I do. When, when I started reading Byron and Tom, oh, you know what it was? I wrote Kalapad a letter I was going to be writing a doctoral dissertation who told me to do it, and he suggested that I defeat Darwin. And I went into a state of shock. <laughs> <laughs> because, because uh, you know, part of my growing up was in Oklahoma and Texas. And I knew these people I would, who didn't believe in Darwin. And, you know, I didn't, am I supposed to become like them, like a great big stupid neon Jesus saint side? You know? <laughs> that was my idea, a fundamentalist, and here Pablo was saying defeat Darwin. And then I thought about it, and I thought, well, you know, if, if everything comes from Krishna, then, uh, then uh, Darwin is wrong. You know, but then I thought, well, yeah, it, it follows that it's wrong. I just never thought, well, how are we going to defeat it? Obviously, it has to be wrong. There's, so, anyway, it's interesting. Then, 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 then I, I happened to meet Sadakuda. He was out on Sankirtan for Nubandavan or something. He just got a PhD in mathematics. And, and nobody knew what to do with it. <laughs> they made him the treasurer because presumably he could count mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> but the real talent of a treasurer is to say, no, and where's your receipts? And he really didn't have that, that talent. So they know what to do with him. So I showed, he came and I, you know, I just met him for the first time and I, I showed him this letter I got from, from Prabhupada. You know, how can you defeat Darwin? And, and <laughs> Sadhguru said to me, yeah, Darwin is wrong, he says. I, I figured that out before before I ever met devotees. He says, actually, most mathematicians know Darwin is wrong. They just don't say anything because it upsets the biologists so much. <laughs> <laughs> and then he started to give me arguments later that you know he published and everything uh, about this. So that uh, you know that helped my faith some, <laughs> some like that. So. Uh, in some ways, we may, uh, some people resemble fundamentalists. Certainly, they call, call Prabhupada a fundamentalist. We have to accept the meaning as it's given, it seems like that. But you have to understand this about realized knowledge. Uh, and we have our acharyas. Sometimes they tell us when, when, what, what the different meaning is. I mean, even Christians, you know, the, the current, like at least, Protestant fundamentalists, they believe God created the world in seven earth days. But St. Augustine said, you know, these are human days. Because that hadn't even been started yet. You know, so, so I mean, a long time ago, you know, there, there were people had some, some kind of understanding of things that different from what is now, you know, biblical literalism. Uh, so, 
I, so, so to me, my understanding is yes, I accept the literal meaning. But what is the literal meaning of words? They, they, if we, the words refer properly in their true meaning to God. Even you can understand, you, 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 can, you can say, you say God is love. Well, do we really know what, that, what, what, what love is? What you have down here is something like love, some reflection of love, some, you know, dim little glimmer of love. You want to know what love really means? That's love. That's the literal meaning. That, what, what God does, that's the literal meaning. And down here we have the symbolic, you know, the allegorical or, or, or the, you know, derived meaning. So this will, this will educate us in, in, in knowledge. So you have to take what Prabhupada said together with the process and use the process. Then I don't think there, there's any any problem. But people will call you a fundamentalist. That's true. Take bear the badge proudly. What does that mean? Uh, it's after. Do you have to read strictly on time? I'm afraid. No. Okay. Go ahead. The guy with the microphone says no. <laughs> There's a lot of reference in the purport to realization. Mm -hmm. And we all have experience, sometimes we realize something and the next week we totally forgot and we thought we realized. The prophet also uses the word assimilation. Mm -hmm. So is there a difference between realization and assimilation, meaning one you've got it and one is kind of coming and going and what a passion comes and totally forget it? Uh, you you could take it different ways, I, I suppose. Uh, uh, I, I, I think uh, realization goes up and down, not because it's not realization, but simply because it's uh, the beginning of realization. You know, you, 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 uh, few people have ups and downs in their spiritual life, but uh, you know, after Vishna, then uh, you get more and more intense, and finally you. You're apparently here, but living in the spiritual world. It's a direct experience. By, by realized knowledge, it means it's experienced knowledge. It's, and, and it's scientific uh, uh, because of that. It's assimilated because... because here's, a, here's a, something that I found very interesting. When we know something in the material world, it's the self knowing the not-self. The self is the knower, the self is the seer, and the, uh, what you, the scene is matter. Uh, either gross and subtle matter. When it comes to Krishna, Krishna is also self. He's Atma. He's the self of the self. He's Paramatma. So knowing Krishna is something like knowing yourself. Now, in the material world, what can we know about ourselves for sure? That I exist. Right? This is Descartes' point. You know, I think, therefore, I am. I can doubt everything that I can, but I cannot doubt my own existence as a conscious being. Because who would be doubting? But that's, that was the... Prabhupada appreciated that when he was given a survey of Western philosophy. So, so, so... When, and then when we come to get some, some, not very advanced realization, but some realization of Krishna, we suddenly discover 
that we cannot doubt Krishna's existence. I mean, this happened to me. One day I realized I'm absolutely convinced of the existence of Krishna. Totally convinced of the existence of Krishna. And the first thing I thought, how do I, what right do I have to be so convinced? If there's, you know, there's logical proofs for the existence of God, you know, but if you don't like a, uh, if you don't like a deductive argument, all you have to do is deny one of the premises. I mean, what a deductive, valid deductive argument is gives you, uh, just uh, gives you what you have to do to deny it. Like, here's a deductive argument. Uh, all men are mortal, Socrates is a man, therefore Socrates is mortal. Right? That's the textbook example. So here I am, I'm Socrates, and I don't like it. I don't like that conclusion that I'm mortal. So I can say, how do you know I'm a man? Or how do you know all men are mortal? Have you seen everyone? Maybe I'm different. You know, that's the problem of deductive arguments. You can, you can always. Uh, there's no So I, but, but when I became really just convinced, I mean, it's really like that. I, I am absolutely 100% certain that Krishna is there. How do I have a right to it? And if somehow or other I've made a little advancement of Krishna consciousness, I've had a little little experience of at least, you know, that the outer edge of the presence of the super soul or something. And you know, once that happens, I can no no more doubt the existence of the Lord than I can doubt my own existence. And that's because he is also Atma. We're part and parcel of him. There's an overlap of, of that area. So there, there's some, some certitude that, that comes from spiritual advancement. And, and all of Krishna is in our hearts. You know, that expands. It gradually it opens up. The Dami Bhuti Yogantam, from that floor in the heart, he then presents to, to unveil himself to us. And at that point, there's there's no there's no doubt. And, and once you have this, you can also see in other religious traditions, people have partial realization. Prabhupada never says that they're they're wrong, but there, there's partial. There's, there's a piece of it here. There's a piece of it there. As far as I know, in my experience. The thing that I've seen that has, you know, the most complete account of Srimad Bhagavatam. Still, no one's come up with anything better yet. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going on. I think we have to stop now. Thank you very much.